Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. A couple weeks ago, we finished up a collection of talks around the subject, let's go change the world. And, and we're not going to, that, that was, a, that was a, I think, a three or four part series. This is not um, an A, B section, but I just felt like there was something that I touched on briefly. And I just felt like it was important to go back and dive in and, and just kind of meddle a little bit uh, in this subject that we're going to talk about today. And we're going to dig in a little deeper. Everybody say confidence. Almost said self control. <laughs> Say confidence, confidence. self esteem. Confidence, self esteem. Self confidence and self esteem are two motivational factors that you and I use on a daily basis. The level of your self confidence and your self esteem will determine how, how you. It really will determine what you produce in a day. Can you ever look at somebody and know that they don't have their self-esteem is low or their self-confidence is low? You can look at them and tell. And what's even disheartening is when you know that somebody has a call of God on their life and you recognize that something's not right. As I was told this morning by one of our leaders, hey, are you good? And I lied straight through, straight through my teeth. Hey, I'm good. I'm great. I did just like y'all do. Hey, good morning. So glad you're here. And that smile is just as fake. But it's sad when you see somebody who has the potential and you know the call of God is on their life to go somewhere and do something and they're held back because of a self-esteem or a self-confidence issue. Father, help me not to be hard this morning with my delivery just because I'm frustrated at my voice. Help me to, 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 to deliver this, Father, in the way that you showed me this week. So that hearts and lives can be changed in this place today. Amen. Father, we gather around your word today. And we recognize you are here. Yeah. Speak to your people today. We are listening. In Jesus' name, everybody said. <clears throat> it's how we value ourselves and how we see ourselves. Confidence. Self-esteem. Believe it or not, self-confidence affects our mood <laughs> and our temperament. Gentlemen, if you're boosted with self-confidence, it affects the way you walk, in your stride, and in your strut. Come on, where's the gentleman? <laughs> Ladies, when you are confident, you have a way. I'm going to be real careful. You have a way in your walk. <laughs> Just say, leave it right there. Right? But if you're lacking self-confidence, you can be the most hottest woman on the planet. But if you lack self-confidence, it shows in your stature and your walk. Because the world has got us believing that if you have the right, look the right, do the right, you are right. And I'm telling you, that's wrong. <laughs> you need to go back to the word and say, what does God say about me? You are beautifully and wonderfully made. God does not make mistakes. 
I'm just, I'm just leaning on him this morning, by the way. I'm, I'm letting him put words in my mouth. Not words that he had me draw on a paper, but words that, that, are in, that are, he's connecting in my spirit right now. And I'm hoping that you won't just let these words fly by because you're used to hearing my voice. Lean in. The problem with this area of self-confidence and self-esteem is this. We live in a just-throw-it-away society. Know what I'm talking about? We are quick to dispose of one thing based on an increasing convenience of something else. And based on the current performance level of what we have. I don't like him anymore. Baby, I've done all I can. I know we've been married 30 years, but we're done. Why? Because you're not performing. Think about it. If something's broken or not functioning the way it's supposed to, what do we do? In today's society... If you're real smart, you saved your receipt. Don't matter if it's 10 years ago. You can take it back to Walmart. They'll take anything. Some of y'all shaking your head like you know. Your pastor knows too. Listen, we disqualify. We disqualify it. If it no longer holds any value, what do we do? It's gone. It's out of here, right? That's not the case with God. That's really what I wanted to say today. I tried to build all that up to go, but that's not the case with God. But that's what, because that's what society has just indulged and put inside of us. It carries over into our spiritual life. We feel like, well, I've just messed up too much. I've made too many jacked up decisions. I've gone way too far. How in the world could God love me? That is the furthest thought from the truth. Because society has brainwashed us that if something is broken, we're quick to disqualify it and say that it no longer holds any value. And then we give up on ourselves too late, too soon, excuse me, too soon. It's never a good time to give up, by the way. So let me ask you this. Have you ever had this thought? I really want to be used by God, but I've just, I want to be used by God to do things that matter, but I'm just so messed up. How in the world could that be possible? Anybody ever had that thought? Like, how could God, I understand, I'm here every week, Pastor, and I'm listening to this, I'm listening to the word, and I, I know that, you know, he has great plans for my life and to give me hope in the future, but why would he want to give me hope in the future when I've destroyed what he has given me? God specializes in, in, in putting back together lives that have been destroyed through choices. You ever had thoughts like, God, I, I want to be significant and I, I, I want real purpose in my life and, and I want you to use me to make a difference in somebody's life. But, and God, would you use me to turn someone else's life around? But then your very next thought is, yeah, but who, who am I kidding? You ever thought that way? Am I the only one? My, my, my life is so jacked up. It's just too jacked up for God to use. How in the world would he use me or set me up to be an example? Anybody else had thoughts like that? If you have, then I'm so glad you're here today. This message is for you just as much as it was for me all week long. And I don't know if this is the best way to title. I'm, I'm try to always be real creative with titles. And this probably isn't the best title, but it, but it really makes a great announcement. And it is my title. And it's simply this. You might be broken, but you're still qualified. You might have walked in here today and feel like your life is completely jacked up. That he would not take you back if you begged him. First of all, you don't have to beg him. He just says, 
come. Tell your neighbor, say, tell them, say, God says I'm qualified. Now turn to your second choice and say, I'm sorry, <laughs> but God says I'm qualified. Release city. Listen, if we can get this in our spirit today, I'm telling you, it's going to change some things in our lives and the way that we present ourselves and carry ourselves and walk on the streets. I'm not saying we should be haughty and arrogant, but I believe that the confidence of the Lord will create in you a clean heart. It will create in you the ability to walk in the way that you are supposed to walk. Are you going to stumble and fall? Absolutely. Hot news flash. They're even the pastor. There is not a single pastor on a platform on the planet that is perfect. That's a lot of peas. Not one. And that's why I'm quick to say, and it's, I'm at the top of that list. Because I don't want anybody ever to come in and think, like somebody said today, oh my gosh, Pastor B, you're wearing a jacket. You look like a pastor today. We know you don't like to hear that, but you look like, see, you can come in here and you can have somebody speaking to you all shiny and new. And their life is a broken mess. And I'm telling you, it don't matter about the jacket. My life is a hot mess most days. And if you're honest, you would testify and say, me too. Now, you're looking at a guy who was raised in church. My dad was a pastor for like all of my life. And if there was a church function, we'd be at it. Church functions like family trip to clean the church function. Nobody else was there but us. Dad would be like ministry at the church today. We're cutting grass. <laughs> That kind. I'm talking old school. I'm talking old school. Old school church, by the way. I'm talking dad put the fear of God in me, not just through his word, through the word of God, but through the belt. He put the fear of God in me. I'll never forget growing up. I was young and and um, and we lived in Tacoa, Georgia. And dad was the pastor of a church in a little country church in um, Franklin, North Carolina. And um, it's a 45-minute drive, and I'll never forget sitting on the front row and dad in the middle of his message, you know, just getting all that stuff. And right in the middle of it, he would say, Bradley Wayne, that's enough. You would think that I would understand. Mm -mm. He'd move on. I want to see how serious he was. Bradley Wayne, when we get home, beside the bed, you and I have a meeting. He would. And so, at 45-minute drive, I'm going to be honest with you. I was in the back seat praying, Jesus, it's 45 minutes. Please let him forget. Can I, just, can I just report to you today? He did not forget. It was the first thing on his assignment when we got. It was strictly walk in the door. I'll meet you beside the bed. Fear of God and my earthly father. Right? I mean, I mean okay, so let me get back to the other side. He raised me in such a way that, that I remember verses from the Bible as a kid that probably weren't the way they were written. Well, they weren't the way they were written, but it's stuff like, like if my best buddy down the street had a big wheel and I didn't have one, and I would start, you know, having those feelings of wanting to ride, you know, boom, slide around. I, I would start thinking of verses like, thou shalt not covet your buddy's big wheel. <laughs> right? That's messed up. But that's, that's, the, that's what dad, it was all, it didn't matter what it was. Dad always had a way of making, making me feel like if I, if I covet my buddy's big wheel, I'm going to hell. 
Y'all remember going to churches like that? Let's just be real. If you mess up, you have a bad day. Forget the bad day. You have a bad season in life. I've screwed up so much. If Jesus would come back right now, I'd go to hell. Anybody ever felt like that? I'm so glad that's not the way he sees us. I love my, I love my earthly father, but, but that's not, and, and, and he never intended it to be. But that's how the enemy will take and twist the actual word of God to convince us that if we're not living the way he, the way that we're just too jacked up and he can never use us and he doesn't love us enough and the blood of Christ wasn't enough. That's false. So as a teenager, I remember having those same thoughts and, and I didn't make a, a lot of mistakes in my teenage years. It wasn't until I got outside the covering of my parents' home. That's why it's important that you stay under covering. Y'all remember my dad? Stay under covering. This church is a covering, not this building, but the organization of whom it represents is a covering. And when you get outside of that covering, you are susceptible we're always susceptible to the attack of the enemy, but when you're undercover, it may rain and it may storm, but the storm will not take me out. It's when I get outside of covering. And so I got outside of covering as a teenager and I made some crazy choices. So then in my adult years, the enemy swings back around and goes, you made all these choices all of those things that were spoken over you as a child and, and, and you will be used in another man's ministry before God will give you your own and, and you're going to be used for this and you're going to be used for that. The enemy calls me to begin to question just like he begins to get you to question the things that he, you know he's put inside of you. And I'm here today to tell you the plan has not changed just because you tried to write a chapter. Bible says that when we sin, he takes and cast, when we repent, oh, that's a big, that's a, that's a big caveat, you got to repent. Yeah. Repent isn't, I'm sorry, repent is I change my mind and I change my direction. Yeah. And I just remember in, in, in my adult years just thinking, man, none of that stuff that was said in my teenage years could possibly still come true. Well, here I am. You may be here today and you haven't really bought in 100% to this whole Jesus thing and, and you're, you're just here, you're kind of checking out this whole church thing. Maybe you've been hurt by church in the past or, or previous ministries, but listen, and you're just here checking this thing out. Let me just tell you, get rid of this, get rid of the thought of he could possibly love me enough after all I've done. You got to send that down the road. See ya. Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew that you and I would have this, 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 this struggle with this stuff. He knew that we would struggle with the fact that God told me I'm supposed to be doing this, but I'm, this thing's coming apart. Somebody got some Gorilla Tape? You know, I, I'll fix it with some Gorilla Tape in a minute. If this keeps on messing, I'm going to go to the handheld. I was just kidding, no Gorilla Tape, but it's, it's um, coming apart. The Apostle Paul knew all about us struggling with, he knew, he knew exactly what it was like to say, I'm not going to do this, but yet I find myself doing it again. In fact, one day Paul was talking to his protege, Timothy, who also had this huge call of God on his life. And he told Timothy, I know you're going to battle with this stuff, so let me, let me, let's, just, let's, just talk, let's just talk straight for a minute. And this is going to keep clicking, and that's going to become a distraction. Amen. There we go. Um, Adam, come 
come take this. I'm going to deliver this word, man. I'm telling you, I am not letting the devil. I, I, why are you trying to blame it on the devil? Because the devil, because it ain't God trying to cause distractions so you can't hear that you're good enough. Just pull it straight out of my shirt. Is it already out? Whoa, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Y'all seen that little thing you put on the, never mind, on, the, on top of the, Okay. So one day Paul was having this conversation with Timothy and he said, Let, let's just talk for a minute and, and, and let's, let me just set you up for success. He, cause he, he's saying, because until you get past the thought that I'm not good enough, you'll never walk in the confidence that God is, wants you to walk in and you'll never experience the plans and the purposes of God that he has for you until you get that thought that I'm not enough out. Let's just go ahead. Somebody said, I love the story about you and your childhood, but can we get to the word? So glad you just pointed that out. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. If you don't have time to turn there, it'll be on the screen. And it says this. This is a trustworthy saying. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying to Timothy. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to what? Save sinners, and I, <laughs> I am the worst of them all. This, this apostle Paul wrote more than half of the New Testament, and he said, I'm the worst, I'm the chief of sinners. Verse 16, but God, but God, but, but God, everybody say, but God. Yes, I am the chief and the worst of sinners, but God. Yes, you had a bad week, but God. Yes, you've had a bad season, and you've probably threw in the towel, picked it back up, and you came today thinking, if I don't get a word today, I'm going to throw it in again. <laughs> but God had a word for you today. So glad you're here. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience. Oh, my, my, my. That hit me this week. Anybody else discover that he has to have patience for you? See, God had patience, patience for me when, when Papa D didn't. Dennis, my dad, Dr. Dennis Weber. God had patience. And he has patience for you with even the worst of sinners. Then others, why? Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Now, for those of you who have no idea of Paul's story, the Apostle Paul is the guy who started churches at that time in the known world he is one of the most significant christian men who has ever lived and he wrote as i said a huge part of the new testament of the bible and here he is having the most this most honest and vulnerable moment and he's saying i know what it means to feel like i'm the worst sinner and how's he going to use me and he's telling timothy hey timothy don't you forget this and don't forget to tell everybody else, if God can save me, God can save you. See, we're so quick, and I was the same way, like, until you start really looking at this stuff, we think all the people that were put in the Bible were the people who had it all together, because of course that would be who he, God would use to show us the way, but he didn't. He used the most jacked up, unqualified people. And I don't care how much you pretend that you got it all together. You jacked up. Well, pastor, that's not a real encouraging. Well, until you recognize the truth and stop putting on Halloween masks, October's over. 
It's time to come out and just say, yep, I messed up. But God, the grace of God. You might be sitting here today and go, well, that, that's cool. That, 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 that sounds real good for Paul and for Timothy. But, but you don't know what I've done, Pastor B. Mm-mm, you don't. And I'm not telling you some of the stuff I've done because you'd run. I think if the Apostle Paul was here today and, and he heard you say, there's no way that God, if we, if we were to say, Paul, there's, there's no way that God would use me. He'd be, okay, really? Tell me what you did wrong. Tell me what you done wrong. And you would go through your list like I would, right? And I just believe he'd be like, <laughs> okay. You, you, you looked at your buddy's big wheel. <laughs> or you looked at your buddy who just pulled back in in his, his uh, real nice Ford with his boat attached. He backs it in in your neighborhood. See, what's your big wheel? This is Paul. And you're like, I'm not, saying, I'm not knocking things you've done because we've all got our laundry list, right? Right? But Paul... He spent a majority of his life before his conversion, before he turned his life to Christ and started the church. He spent a majority of his life trying to eradicate Christianity. Like he made that his mission. Like he'd knock on doors and want you to deny Christ. And if you didn't, he'd pull you out in the street, call his buddies, and they'd come beat you up even to the point of killing you. Paul. So until you've murdered somebody... You, you, can't, you can't hold a candle to what Paul had going on, right? So it's not that bad. Basically, what I'm saying is you're not as bad as you think you are. We're talking about Paul. It's why Paul wrote these words, I think God chose me because I was so screwed up, because he wants you to know that if he can save Paul, he can save you. And if you're like me, maybe you've heard the voice of the enemy say, well, sure, 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 you, you may need God, but he doesn't want you. Because I think we all admit we need God, but we feel like we're too far gone that he could never, never really want a relationship. You know that's all he wants, right? He doesn't need your money. He just wants your, your time. He wants some attention, and he wants a relationship with you. That's it. Now, your neighbor tell him, say, God loves you. God chose you. If you're the person and you're sitting here today and go, yeah, I know I need God, but surely he, he doesn't want me. Let me just clarify something uh, from Romans chapter 10, verse 13. I'm going to read this from the NIV. It says this, everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It don't matter. There's no big sins or little sins with God. They're all the same. Here's what I think we need to understand today. Paul, Paul was not just telling Timothy If he can save me, he can save you. He was saying, yo, Timmy, if God can use me, God can use you. And that's what I'm here today to tell you. If God can use me, and and I've done more than just covet Brian Tingle. That was his name, my, my buddy from down the street who had the big wheel. I've done a lot more than just covet the big wheel, okay? Like some of you. But if God can use me, God can use you. He drew you here today because there's some people out there that need to know. It don't matter if you don't have it all together. Just start lining yourself up according to the word and start taking small steps. Stop trying to take a leap and then you get knocked back and you give up. 
Keep pressing forward. Here's what I believe God wants to say to us today. 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 12. We, we read 15 and 16. Let me go back up to verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me the strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. This is what Paul tells his friends in Galatia. Galatians 1.13. Did I even finish reading that? No, I didn't. I'm going to keep going back to verse 13. Sorry, Connor. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence I persecuted his people. But God, but God, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that came from Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 1 verse 13 in the NLT says this, You know what I was like? You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion. How I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. (laughs) And now God chooses to use him to build it. What's going on here? Paul keeps telling everyone. He, this, what's, what's happening? He, he's telling those in Corinthians. He's telling Timothy. He's telling the, 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 his friends in Galatia. All he keeps bringing up is his past. Because he wants them to know, you've messed up and so have I. And look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. If I could get it out, I, I'd just run this church. Look what the Lord has done. If he can save me, he can save you. If he wants, if he can chooses to use me, church, he can use you. He keeps saying this because he wants everyone to understand. Listen, 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 listen. Your past has nothing to do with your present and the plans that God has for your future. Your past is your past. And it has nothing to do with where you are today, your present. Sure, I may be where I am because of some choices that I made. And God forgave me, but there's still consequences for my actions. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, you're going to benefit from your past. Watch me now. Paul was saying, you don't have a past that you don't have a past that God can't use. All that stuff you've done in your past, all them people you with, you, all them people you hang out with, he wants to use that. Hold on, hold on. Nudge your neighbor say, what's he going to do with that? Mm-hmm. You got to get past this. Now, I know if you're like me, when I've often read this stuff, I go, I believe God has forgiven my past. Watch me now. I believe God has forgiven my past, but I'm still jacked up today in my present. Like, I know he got that covered, but what about today? The Bible says that he covers when when I accept Christ and I allow his blood to atone for my past, hello, present, and oh my gosh, my future sins. Because a calf and a goat's blood wouldn't cover it. It was the sacrificial lamb of God that covers to take away the sins of the world. It will be your rejection of that that will send you to hell. 
Those of you visiting know I'm not a hell fire brimstone preacher. I'm trying to make you feel God, feel bad and get and you know scare the hell out of you so you'll make a decision to follow Christ. But I am telling you that your rejection of him Because hell wasn't created for us. It was created for the devil and the angels. that The the devil who was in heaven, who was one of the archangels for God, distracted and convinced them, listen, they've already been in heaven. And the devil convinced them to get on his team. And we down here thinking, we'll never... These were angels who have been in the presence of God who got, they got, they had a jaded look and they're, they're, that's who hell was created for because of their, re, what? Rejection of God. And it will be our rejection of the knowledge of God that we will one day hear him say, depart, I never knew you. Oh, he knows you because he created you. But knew in that, in that term is the, is the physical connection Adam knew his wife Eve. It's an intimate relationship. Remember what I told you at the very beginning. God wants to have a relationship with you. So we got to understand God loves us and he forgives us and he wants to do something in our lives. Romans chapter 7. I'm going to read this from the message translation. I went and got my dad's Bible. He had the message translation. It's big print. I'm not going to tell you a secret. It's big print because you was having a hard time reading the little print. (laughs) I just said I wasn't going to say it. Well, he won't see me for a while. So anyway. um, (laughs) Right, God? (laughs) Right, God? (laughs) Still work for me to do. Okay. I'm not being disrespectful, y'all. Me and my dad have this cool relationship because when I was struggling this morning, I walked back there behind that curtain and I looked at that big 8 by 12 picture of dad and I heard his voice say, you're anointed and you're called for this. And Bradley Wayne, I believe in you. And that's why I could come out today even though things aren't working like they're supposed to. Are you willing to press through when all you have is your passion and your hunger for God? Romans chapter 7. He said this. I know that all God's commands are spiritual, but I am not. Isn't this your experience? Yes, I am full of myself. (laughs) Wow, this is Apostle Paul. I'm full of myself. After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. Paul's telling Timothy, and he's telling us today in this room, that God's got a plan for your life. He wants to use you in the most significant way listen he wants to do things in your life that you haven't even thought of asked for or imagined Paul was saying I deal with this all the time he said I never feel spiritual enough I always feel like I'm the worst sinner I say things like God I'll never do that again and then I find myself doing that again anybody else in here yeah God I won't look at that again and I find myself what looking at that again God I won't treat people that way And yet something triggers and I treat them that way. God, I'm going to start better habits so that I can be more and do more. And I never start those habits. 
So what do we do with how we're feeling? This is what we do. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says this. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. So what do we do with our thoughts that say we're not good enough? I've got to decide to let the word of God trump how I'm feeling. Listen, it's not about me being good. It's about the grace of God and his goodness towards me, and he calls me anyway. Then I can start walking in confidence. Listen, we buy into the lie that we're just too broken to be used by God. Listen, today I believe God wants to flip the script or flip that mindset right side up so that we can see our lives differently. What do I mean? Here it is. It's not, listen, write this down. It's not that God is going to use you in spite of your brokenness. He's going to use you because of your brokenness. My point was this. You can write it down this way. God uses us because of our brokenness. God uses us because of our brokenness. Your brokenness doesn't disqualify you. It qualifies you. See, we see ourselves here and the purpose of our life over there, and then we're stopped by all of our junk. And listen, God wants to take you through your junk, but when you get there and you start remembering that stuff, that's we want you, what he wants us to do is to pick all that stuff up and take it to where we're headed because he wants to use what you've been through for people where you are. He wants to use where you've been to help people where you now are. Stop trying to hide all that stuff. I'm not saying be proud of it. Just allow God to use it to help somebody else. It's just a different way of seeing it. Listen, Paul can't stop talking about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He he can't stop talking about this stuff. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 says this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. If you need comfort, stop trying to find it in a pill or a bottle. Run to God. Stop trying to find comfort and your self-esteem in a relationship that is not ordained by God. He didn't choose that person for you. Listen, I'm not saying that she and I got always got, we always on the same page. Because most of the time I'm wondering, are we even in the same book? Y'all laugh, please, so I stay out of trouble. But if you're constantly hitting the wall, and you're, listen, you, you'll hit a wall when you're, when, even when you're in the ministry and you're doing things because the enemy wants, but also there's a wall that God will put up and go, stop, they're not the one. Yeah, but I, I know better than he. Because I have these feelings. God has more than feelings for you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And the only thing that can cause us to not obtain that purpose and plan is my choice and refusal to get there because I like what I'm doing where I'm at. If you're bored in here today, I'm sorry for you. Because what I'm giving you is what you need to know regardless of how you feel about it. And if you're here today, I know that he put you in this room on purpose. 
to hear these words, you are enough. Listen, it's telling people, God help me through my pain and my struggle so I can help you get through yours. He's changed my life. He's helped me to see things differently so that I can get up and let's go change the world. Let's go change Chiefland. Let's go change our communities. Listen, God wants to use us where we are. He wants to use us where we've been to help where we are now, help somebody else where we are now. I was thinking about Moses. Can, can I have just a few more minutes? Are y'all good? I know when I said, are you bored? Some of y'all are like, oh, crap. I mean, snap. I mean, he, he might have thought it was me. No, anyway. I'm just making sure you're here. If that offended you, I'm not sorry about that either. Because I got mics in your car, and I hear stuff. See, that's the cool thing about me and God. He blesses us with this, this invisible system that goes, that goes in your car. See, y'all don't recognize it, but we got, we got little, little angels that are out there tapping your cars right now. I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. She's taking notes. That joke about the angels tapping cars, that was too far. <laughs> I was thinking about Moses this week. Remember Moses, little baby Moses, put him in a wicker basket, sent him down. Why? He, he had to be raised by somebody else because they were killing babies. Where did he end up? He ended up in Egypt. What did he do as he grew up? He actually saw uh, the Egyptians hurting. We talked about this a few weeks ago, hurting some of his own people, the Hebrews. And he actually made sure nobody was looking. He thought nobody was looking. And he killed one of them. Moses, the writer and transcriber of the Ten Commandments, was a murderer. Right? And he had to run from Egypt, run for his life, because they were trying to find him. And when, he, when, he, when all things came back around, where did God want to send him back to? <laughs> See, God wants to take where you've been to help people where you are. And even if you say stupid stuff like, I'll never go back, promise you, I promise you. <laughs> I'm almost there. Don't, don't go all, use you all up in my notes. Moses was like, I got to go back there? For real? For reals? I was thinking about Peter. One of his biggest mistakes was denying Jesus. You remember Peter? Peter, you're going to deny me three. Jesus told Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. No, not me, Jesus. I'm your man. I'm your homie. We ride big wheels together. And what happened? He denied that he even knew Jesus three times. And then when Jesus comes out of the tomb... Who's the first person he went to go, he ran after? One of the first people. Peter. To say what? You're still enough. I know you messed up. But guess what, homie? You're going to be the one to kickstart the church. And guess where I'm going to send you? Right back to the people that you said, I don't know him. <laughs> and what happens next? The church gets started. God is saying, because of what you've done, Peter, you're going to be better than where I'm taking you. I was thinking about my own life and how my parents moved me here when I was in the eighth grade. Now, I, when I turned 16, I didn't have a desire. I, I wasn't a wrangler-wearing, boot-snapping, snuff-dipping. I was just a Georgia kid that lived a little bit in North Carolina and that wasn't me. So what am I trying to say? I'm not making light because I live here. This home. But I, I, they, they looked at me different. And when I was 16, 
I, I didn't have a desire to have a jacked up truck with mud tires. That just wasn't my thing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But we stereotype people and we isolate them and put them in a box. And when I graduated, I got the heck out of here. Because I couldn't find nobody with a big wheel. <laughs> right? Nobody because I, I Why? And see, that's why I'm the same way about the church. That I don't like if people come in and feel like they, we're, we've, they stereotype us, that we're, we're, we're cliquish. And, and no, 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 no. You come in here, you family. Why did, I, why did I not want to even share this today? Because I know what the hindrance of self-esteem and self-confidence will do. I didn't want to come back here. Because I wasn't accepted. Because I wasn't like everybody else. But he called me back to the place that I said I will never. He, he made me uncomfortable. And can I tell you, this is, this is, even though I get nervous, and God, may I be nervous every Sunday, but this is the most comfortable, because my, 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 my level of comfortability is, is leading worship. It's always been. But God wants to take us outside of our comfort zone because he has something greater because there's more people through internet and all of these things that he wants to reach. And I could have missed it because I liked the check and the, and the, and the, and the, and the benefits package and, and Amy was set and all that. We're better than we've... We're, be, we're in a better place in our marriage. She's getting her doctorate. She came down here as a teacher, moved up. She's a principal. I'm not blowing her horn just because, tooting her horn because she's my wife. What I'm saying is when you make a sacrifice under the obedience, under the obedience, under the obedience of the Holy Spirit, not a sacrifice because that's what you want, a sacrifice because that's what he wants, he will bless you more than you can ever imagine. In closing, I got to land this plane. There ain't no more turbulence. Ain't nothing else falling apart. We good. But there's a couple phrases that I want you to take home with you today. This is not a two-part series. This is a one and done, son. It's right here. Here it is. My brokenness is not a list of reasons why God can't use me. It's a resume of all the reasons he can. I'm looking at a room full of unperfect people. Unperfect. And you're looking at a pastor who is, is it imperfect or unperfect? Imperfect. See? <laughs> She's my grammar teacher. She's going to be a doctor, but I done told her, baby. You still babe, Okay. My brokenness is not a list of reasons why God can't use me. <laughs> it's, they are a resume of all the reasons how he can. And I've made my list. God, you, can't, you, you couldn't possibly still want to use me because of this. You couldn't possibly still want me to be the lead pastor because of that. Listen. What if we really let what we've heard just in these 35 minutes, what if we let them sink in today? That we have a God that redeems our past. 
Yes, he covers it, but he redeems it, meaning he wants to use it where you are to touch the lives of those who are still struggling with where you've been. Somebody say, I'm qualified. Somebody say, I'm broken and still qualified. I'm jacked up. I'm still qualified. For me, I can share with others about the grace of God. Why? Because I've made a whole bunch of mistakes and needed it. I can talk to people about having suicidal thoughts because I've been there. It wasn't just a thought. I acted on it. And God said, <laughs> I got you. I'm good at connecting with people who have experienced the pain and loss of a loved one through death. Why? Because I've experienced it. I want you to think about your life just in these last few moments. I want you to think about the things that you've been through. Think about the things you're going through right now. I've come today to tell you, you might be broken. No, correction. You're broke. You're broken. But, God, you're still qualified. Listen, what you've been through is going to be your story. Genesis chapter 50, and I'll close with this, and Adam's going to come. Did you announce what we're doing after the service? Okay, I wasn't sure. Genesis 50. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20 says this. You intended to harm me. I want you to find this in your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, I want you to put it in your phone. I want you to get this. Because when the enemy comes at you this week, this is your response. This is a knockout punch. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many. Matter of fact, leave that on the screen. If you don't, if you don't, you don't want to type that fast, just take a snapshot picture of it. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for my good. He brought me to this position, to this place, so that I could save the lives of many. Listen, it's, ta it's time to start embracing the stuff in our past and say, sure, I've made some mistakes. Yes, I've been through some stuff that was meant to take me out. But I serve a God who takes those upside-down situations and turns them right-side up. If you're here this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed 12.03 this afternoon and you say there's never been a point in my life this is not a rededication this is I want to is there anyone in this room who has never said I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life and today I make I want to make that choice I want to miss hell and make heaven. I no longer want to reject. See, the reason people have a hard time with truth of God's word is because once you hear the truth, 
you, you have to make a choice. And you say, I want to I I make him my Lord and Savior. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, will you just shoot your hand up right where you are? You just, you want to be saved. I see those hands. You can leave them up. Father, I pray for every single person that is, that is in this room that says, I want to identify as a follower of Christ. I want to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Those that are, that, are, that are online today or later, God, I just lift them up to you. Father, they are your children. And so together we're going to say this prayer, oh God. Come on, everybody, loud and clearly. Oh God, I come before you today confessing my sins. I'm truly sorry for my sins. I believe that your only son, Jesus, died for me on the cross at Calvary. I believe that he conquered sin, he conquered death, and he conquered the devil. And today, I am set free. I believe that he rose again. He is the champion of my soul. And now, oh God, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Make all things new in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody look right up at me as Adam's coming. If you're here today and you say, that message was for me, I have struggled with insecurity, a lack of confidence and low self-esteem. But I now know that I'm enough. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up? You've struggled with it. You're saying, today I'm, I'm over it. It's, it's done. Come on, just put it. Just, matter of fact, stand to your feet. Put, put the devil under your feet. All that came from the devil. Just you with your hands. If this message was for you today and you're saying, I no longer am going to listen to the, to the, the, the I'm not going to listen to the voice of the enemy. I'm enough. And let me tell you something, all around this room, today, after today, it's, it's changed. It's, it's, it's done. It's over. All that stuff, yes, collect it and take it with you to where you are and watch God use you to change the life of somebody else. Amen? Can you give Jesus Christ some praise in this room today? Amen? Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.